discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. He says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything he is, that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boateng as Christ is magnified in you. I want to continue with what I've been sharing. Learning the fear of God. Do you like my message or you don't like? I don't know if you like my message. You like my message? Is it a powerful message? It's very powerful. Is it helping you? Is it making you more spiritual? Or is it making you feel like you don't want to be in church again? Hey, it's bathing us. Yeah, it's important though. It's important. I mean, you can't do whatever you want to do. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. Praise the Lord. Titus chapter 2, verse 11. Titus chapter 2, verse 11. The grace of God does not teach us to do whatever we want to do. This scripture lets us know what the grace of God teaches us. You know, the last time I was talking about how we are calling some people hyper-grace people. That they say that we can do whatever we want to do and God has forgiven us and all that. But that's not actually what they are even saying. Okay? They are trying to let us see how God has forgiven us through Christ. So we can appreciate what God has done. Because for a very long time, the church was made up of um, preachers who were constantly bashing us. Letting us know how wrong we are and how unworthy we are. So our prayers were full of, God, you know how unworthy I am. That's how we used to begin our prayers, isn't it? Thou knowest how unworthy thy servant is. I'm the chief of sinners. You know, but we have to call ourselves what God has called us. And that's what grace teaches us. It is the gospel of grace that builds up. So in Acts chapter 20 verse 32, Paul mentions that Paul was leaving that church. And when he was going, he said, I commend you to God. Okay, I leave you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all them that are sanctified. Without the teaching of grace, you will not be built up. You will not even know where you are as a child of God and where you ought to be or where you are supposed to be carried to. You will not know about your growth process. You see, in many churches, church is not a school. Church is a social club. People come to church because after church, they can buy pie and cook and mango. They can buy Leslie's uh, sausages. It's very nice. You know, and just eat and have friends and chat. That's why a lot of people go to church. They, they don't have any reason of being in church. That is why they can, they can choose to go and, or not to go. You know. They don't remember what that preacher even says. But church is a school. Church is a hospital. Church is a training ground. Yeah, it's an apprenticeship. You learn. Okay? And develop in God. You can be moved from one stage to the other, to the other, to the other, to the other, and grow in God. Which is the desire of God for our lives. 
That is the will of God for our lives. You are not supposed to stay where you are. You have problems with anger. You have problems with fornication. You have problems. I mean, you have all kinds of problems. And you are in the house of God for 20 years. And nothing has changed. You have just gotten worse. We know you are in church. You are a very powerful person. But none of these things has changed in your life. You are not getting to become more conscious of God. You know, increasing in his word. Increasing in, his, in, the, in the anointing that is in you. I mean, nothing, nothing like that. Your life is rather getting worse. And a lot of Christians are like that. It's not supposed to be like that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, he says, for the grace of God that brings salvation. The grace of God is what brings salvation. That grace that brings salvation has appeared to all men. And it teaches us that denying ungodliness, the grace of God teaches us that. Denying ungodliness and worldly lusts. Denying ungodliness and worldly lusts. So, you can't be in the house of God and be ungodly, impure. Do you see? There's a place where you've come in as a child. Okay? Everybody has passed, or you don't know. How many of you know? Ask your neighbor, do you have passed? Did you ever steal from your mother's soup? You are number one, and you, you stole plenty. Even up to now, okay, you are still doing it small, small. <laughs> Those of us who didn't steal, imagined it to the nonsense degree. I mean, whether you, are, you, you did something or didn't do something, you were thinking about some things. You had some things in your heart. You were a very bad person. Isn't it? You were a foolish bad boy. Everybody has a past. And, and we, we, the grace of God teaches us to grow from one level to the other. Grow gradually. So God is assisting you to develop. Do you get it? Uh-huh. So there's a place for that. But there's a place where you've been in the system for a very long time. You've known God for a very long time. You've been taught the word of God for a very long time. <laughs> you've, you've, been the, you've been in the system. But it's like it's not doing anything to you. You are getting comfortable, more comfortable as the period goes by. You get it? Yeah. You are doing more foolish things as the period is going by. You have to be prompted. That brother, sister, it is not like that. They are, oh, Jimmy, there are some things that <laughs> you, you understand. <laughs> yes, it doesn't have to be like that, okay? That's why we are teaching you these things. Hallelujah. Do you like my message? Oh, yeah. It teaches us that denying on God, so there's some denying that must take place. You must deny, deny. Do you understand? Deny, deny, like. No, I'm not going to go along this line. The guy holds you, no, I'm not going to go along this line. Not, no. <laughs> Lord, you know my weakness. I don't like this, Lord. You keep bringing, why do you keep bringing this temptation to me, Lord? No, you must develop strong. Do you get it? Where there are young people, fornication abounds. We know. We are young. Your blood is boiling. <laughs> We know. You are bent offerings. You are getting darker and darker. Instead of becoming fair and fair, you are getting darker and darker. Yeah? Bent offerings. <laughs> we, we are aware. But, Charlie, 
denying is denying ungodliness and worldliness. We should live soberly. We should live what? Soberly. Calm-minded. Okay? Soberly. Righteously. We should live righteously. God has made us righteous, but he wants us to live righteous. We have the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. It is true. It is the truth. But it has to show forth in your life. You must want to bear fruits of righteousness. God says we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. In this present world. You have to be spiritual. Or you lose a lot of things. You lose a lot of things. Okay? So a lot of Christians can be promoted because of their own problems, their own challenges. Remember, there's a place where God has given provision for you, confessing your sins and he forgiving you. It is there. So everybody, whether you're a child or an elderly person in the Lord, makes no difference. Look at 1 John 2, verse 1. The problem is not with you doing the wrong. The problem is with you continuing in the wrong. Do you understand? Uh-huh. You have, everybody has done things. I mean, people have done things. Oh, you don't know that you have done things. You are not aware. You're aware. I mean, we all know. We are, everybody's aware. Already we know. And God, God, God is already aware. But God wants you to direct your path right. That's why he's talking to you the way he's talking to you. First John 2, and he says, My little children, these things write unto you, that ye sin not. Have you seen it? He says, I'm writing these things so that you sin not. Then he says, And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. We have an advocate. Advocate means lawyer. Someone who talks on our behalf. He says, If any man sins... We have an advocate with the Father. He didn't say if any child sings. Meaning that any of the... There are different classes of... Um, or different levels of Christians. We have children. We have young men. We have fathers. These are the three broad classes of Christians. Okay? Uh, he's writing to the little children. Because the little children are the ones who are into sinning and doing foolish things. He says, my little children, these things write unto you that you sin not. But he continues, he says, and if any man sin. He didn't say if any child sins. So he's, he's conscious of the fact that someone may do something wrong. And he's made provision. He says that we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. So it's not, it's not about uh, taking advantage of God. Taking advantage of the, the blessings of God and the grace of God that he has made available. You have it in your mind that, oh, if any man sins. So if I do something wrong, God will forgive me. It is true, but you are hurting yourself. And if any man sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Then he says, who is the propitiation for us? For our sins, and for and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. He's the propitiation of the mercy seat for our sins. Okay, he's the mercy. That is the grace of God. This is the grace of God. So no matter what has happened, you can procure the grace of God for yourself. God is willing and ready and loving to forgive you, to care for you. Okay, but it's like breaking your your beloved's heart, and then she forgives you. Just when she forgives you, and you smile to her. You just slip back and do another one again. And break her heart even further. You know, what do you think that beloved will do to you with time? So this is not to think that God's love is not available. God's love is available. That's for that one. But we, should, we have to grow up. Get out of that realm where you just you know, mess up and do whatever you want to do. Look at First John chapter 5. Verse 21. 1 John 5, 21. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. This is the end of 1 John. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. Because the little, amen, finish. The little children are into idolatry. I told you what idolatry was the last time. Yeah. Yeah. Having fun. 
making the peace sign at the war front. There's a very, yeah, there's a very wild war that is going on spiritually. And a lot of Christians are not aware. They are just sitting down making peace sign. Having parties. Spiritual parties. They don't care about what is going on. The Bible says that Sodom and Gomorrah, they were married and being given in marriage. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Noah's time. They were married and being given in marriage. People were having fun, eating, drinking. They were doing foolish things when God, God brought the flood. Yeah. yeah. The Bible says when they say peace, peace, then sudden discretion comes upon them. You get it? So you can't afford as a child of God to not to know about the vision of God and engage yourself in the vision of God and become serious. Become a man in the Lord or a woman in the Lord who is active. Do, you are activated. God can use you. God can work with you. God can do what he wants to do with you. You are really responding to God. Not always in that place where you do something wrong, you cry on God, then you continue again, then you cry on God, then you continue again, God forgive me. You, your prayer topic is just one. God forgive me. Forgive me, forgive me, forgive me. You know me, Lord. Forgive me, Lord. You have even stopped praying it. And some people have stopped praying it now because it's like it's automatic. The blood of Christ cleanses us automatically. Hallelujah. May the Lord have mercy. Forgetting that there are rewards for us. Forgetting that we are, we are espoused to our Lord. And we must present ourselves holy, spotless, unblameable before him. He, that is what he wants. He wants to present us spotless. Not with spot, but without spot. So you must learn the fear of God. The lack of the fear of God will cause you to fool around. It will cause you to just, it's like, oh, freedom. Hmm? This, is what Jesus, this is what Jesus is trying to do. He says that he might present it, he must present the church to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. Are you seeing it? Yeah. Without blemish. Holy and without blemish. That's what God wants. How many of you would want to marry a bride? Pastor, understand up. This pastor here, this is the beloved, Pastor Flo. Stand up and let's see you. Come, come and stand by each other. How would you want to marry Pastor Flo when the day you're marrying? How would you want her to look like on that day? You want full details. I want full details. <laughs> Succulent. What's your problem? Standing. Pastor, you understand standing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No spots. Yeah. No wrinkles. Yeah. When we say standing, he doesn't want fried egg type of breast. He wants breasts that are looking up to heaven. Other guys, what, don't you want that? Orange type of. You don't want ice cream, something like, no, no, no. like water. You can take yours, it's okay. I don't want to I don't want to embarrass you, hallelujah. No, so how dare you want Christ to marry a woman whose teeth is all broken? A woman who uses uh, uh, mascara for her teeth. I mean who, who does that? Yeah, no, God doesn't want that. That is why on that day Jesus will leave some people and pick some people. Do you know? Some people will go in to marry with him, and some people will not be able to go in. That is Christians. A lot of Christians. I, I, I showed you the last time. I showed you last week. The five wise virgins and the five foolish virgins. It is Christians, so it's not unbelievers. Yeah, you carrying extra. As a child of God, you must be into extra. Yeah, not just living your life normally. You must, be, you must have extra oil. What is the extra oil? You must be activated in the kingdom of God and do something in the kingdom of God with your life. Extra. 
Do you understand? Yeah, because that is what will count. That is what will cause you to be able to meet him on that day and to marry him and to be part of his bride. We are all in the church, but it's not everybody in the church who will be part of the bride of Christ. The wife of Christ is different. The bride and those who couldn't qualify to become brides form the wife. But for a joyous nuptial, I mean, you don't mind if your wife's breast is, has become like fried egg because it is you are the one who used it and it became like that. It's not anybody, you and your children. Everybody was enjoying. This one takes one, this one takes one. So wife and bride are not the same. No, no, no. Bride is made for joyous, nuptial, joyous, blissful, enjoyment, like real enjoyment. Enjoyment, yeah, you understand? So, you can't afford to mess up. See, I can't afford to mess up. The grace of God teaches us that deny ungodliness and what it lasts. We should live soberly, righteously, godly in this present age. Look at the next verse. Looking for that blessed hope. You see, looking for that blessed hope. You should live your life with expectation of Christ's coming. Looking for that blessed hope. This is, a, this is what the grace of God teaches. Looking for that blessed hope. And the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Currently, if we say Jesus is coming, a lot of Christians don't, don't get happy. They are, not, they are not happy. They are not happy. What, what did the person, I don't know if you remember, this, this weekend someone says something. It's like he's not, a person is not even expecting Jesus to come at all. He's not, he's not coming right now. He says like, oh, ah, what I do? This, no, he's not supposed to come. He's not coming. He's a Christian, but he's not supposed to come now. Nobody's really, nobody is expecting him. You get it? So it's like, oh, let's do, let's mess up. Let's do whatever I want to do. I mean. But he says, this is what true Christianity is for. Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God. That blessed hope is the hope of the transfiguration of our bodies. To put on immortality. For mortality to be swallowed up by immortality. Where you don't die anymore. Where you put on your resurrected body. And even your resurrected body is determined by what you do with your life today. Yes. You see, it's like one thing links to so many things. Living the way God wants you to live links to so many things. If you live the way God wants you to live, your, your resurrected body, there are different classes of the resurrected body as well. There's the glory of the sun, there's the glory of the stars, and there's the glory of the moon. And there are those who don't shine at all. Yes. Even the stars, they are different glories. They are different intensities. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, so in heaven, we'll be walking with our glorified bodies. And the kind of glorified body you walk with is dependent, or you live in, is dependent on what you do with your life today. Yeah. So there's a lot at stake. You don't just be living your life anyhow. You choose whether to come to church or not. You come today, next week you are not here. The following week you don't come. Then you come last month. You come during communion service, so I can partake of the communion. So that your sins can be washed away. Then you come and go and come and go. I mean, it's not supposed to be like that. You are losing out. Be wise. So, moving forward. I was talking about idolatry the last time. Do you remember? Yeah. The other side of idolatry. Then I'll come to fornication. So today I want to touch fornication before we go home. First Corinthians chapter 10. Let's read from verse 1 so that we understand it once again. Okay? That's our anchor scripture. These are anchor scriptures. It says... Moreover, brethren, I would not that you should be ignorant. Because a lot of Christians are ignorant of these things. I would not have you to be ignorant. How that all our fathers were under the cloud. He's using the church in the wilderness as a typology of the church today. He says that all of them were under 
the cloud and all passed through the sea. They were all under this. They were all in the spirit. They were all born again. They were baptized unto Moses. Look at this. And were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea. Moses is a type of Christ. Okay? He's a type of Christ. So they were all baptized unto Moses through what? The cloud and then through the sea. The cloud represents the spirit. The sea represents our born again experience. Okay? And did all eat the same spiritual meat. He's talking about the word of God. The spiritual meat is the, is the word of God. And did all drink the same spiritual drink. That is the infillings of the Holy Spirit. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them. And that rock was Christ. But with many of them. So all of them had this experience. The fact that you are speaking in tongues does not mean that everything will be fine on that day. Mm. Mm. It's, it doesn't mean much. Because some people get filled with the Spirit and mess up. Oh, you don't know? It's, it's not a small thing, though. Yes. People do foolish things. It's not a joke. It says, but with many of them, God was not well pleased. With many of them, all of them passed through, but with many of them, God was not well pleased. For they were overthrown in the wilderness. They were strewn in the desert. They, they died in the wilderness. They, they were kept there. They couldn't go into the promised land. They, didn't, they couldn't go into the place where God had designed for them to go. Message of this verse. Message of 5, verse 5. But just experiencing God's wonder and grace didn't, you get it? Just experiencing God's wonder and grace didn't seem to mean much. Most of them were defeated by temptation during the hard times in the desert. And God was not pleased. It's a very serious thing. Yes, they were defeated by temptations. Now these things were examples to the intent that we should not last after evil things. That was the first thing. Lack of fear of God causes you to lack after evil things. And I've showed you already. As they also lasted. Neither be idolaters. As were some of them. As is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. I showed you. Then it says, neither let us commit fornication. Some of them committed and fell in one day. Three and three and twenty thousand. Three twenty thousand people died. In fact, God reduced it by thousand in this particular part. Because in the original part, there were twenty-four thousand. Can go on and on and on and on. It's serious business. Serious business. Serious business. Yes. It's a serious issue. You, you can't be a hypocrite. You get it? No. Idolatry. Idolatry stretches from you using your talent, using what God has given to you to beautify yourself and creating something, you know, self-indulgence. Let us eat and drink for tomorrow we die. Let us just be happy. Party spirit. We are just in the system. We are just happy. You only come to church when there's excitement. One jump. Only one life jump. After that, finish. Yesterday, my wife and I was talking about a certain lady in church. Like, ah, it is only during entertainment times, like something entertaining. That's when she shows up. That's a rabbit spiritually. Yeah, you only show up during something that is nice. When you're supposed to sit down and listen to the word of God and have the word of God change, she doesn't want to do that. She will do all that she wants to do. Then she will come when everything. Like this church is jumping, the lights are green, blue, black, something. Then she, hey, hey, hey. After that, she will just leave and go and do whatever she wants. No, it's not. God doesn't want that. So, advice from that to using physical things as a representation for God and an exchange for God. And that's what I want to talk about briefly before we talk about fornication, okay? Using physical things. So, you go to some places. They'll tell you, this band, hand band, is going to protect you. 
So people's faith are in their handband. This headgear is going to protect you. Protect your brain from the problems of this world. Have you seen some before? Yeah. People are oil, oil. Different types of oil. Black, green, red, yellow, blue, black, white, indigo. Pink. If you want the killer one, you buy the red one. Your enemies will die right now. There are some oils that can produce smoke. When you put it on some paper, smoke just comes like you are, you are burning the enemy. Let's, you see, it's madness. <laughs> it's just a chemical reaction. Can you imagine there was this, there was this service somewhere? And the prophet, this is what the prophet did. He told them that, listen, everybody should write their problems on a sheet of paper and bring it to church. So they all wrote their names on a sh- with their problems on a sheet of paper. They put it in, a, in, a, in the offering basket. Then the prophet said that, you see, the Spirit of God is going to consume this thing with fire. Consume your problems with fire. Like fire came down from heaven in Elijah's day and consumed the problem. As we are praying now. So lift up your voice. Then he put some oil on the thing. And the, the, the papers started burning. Come and see the faith. The faith of the people rose like this. <laughs> Come and see noise in the church. Ah, ah, our problems are better. Ah, 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 ah. They are still in the problem to date. Can you imagine how much money the prophet took that day? He took so much money. Yeah. So, there's something called Balaamism. That leads us into idolatry. And consequently into fornication. Balaam was a prophet. A prophet of God, to be specific. Balaam was, if you read Numbers chapter 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, you see the story concerning Balaam. We can't read all that. That's what I'm telling you. We can read this. It's nice. It's a nice story. Balaam was contracted by the king of Midian. Okay? And then the king of Moab to curse Israel because Israel had come out of Egypt and they were walking through the desert. They were fearful people and everybody was afraid of them. So Moab thought that they will, uh, they will attack them. So they needed to attack them first. Did you get it? And for them to attack them, they needed, the, the king of Midian needed Israel to be cursed, first of all, before he can attack. So he contracted Balaam, who was a prophet of God, to do that, to curse Israel. And Balaam took money. Balaam is a prophet who takes money before he prophesies. Have you seen some of in our time? Yes. They always need money. You have to pay before they can talk to you. Have you seen some people? They're all over on TV. They are practicing something called Balaamism. And I'm going to show it to you. They want money. Okay. Go to Revelation chapter 2. Let's read something. Revelation chapter 2. Let's read from verse 12. Revelation chapter 2 and 3 talks about the church from beginning to end. Okay. There are various churches that are spoken of. Seven churches. Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamos, Thyatira, Sardis, Laodicea, and then Philadelphia. Seven churches. And they are all representative of various portions of various times in the church's life. Okay? It is both chronological, when we say chronological, time-oriented. For instance, Ephesus was from the beginning of the church, the, the birth of the church, to the time when the church was institutionalized. When a certain man called Constantine, Emperor Constantine, changed Christianity from just being 
something that a few people people had to making it a national estate oriented something so from Ephesus we enter Smyrna okay Smyrna is a time when there was great persecution. Ten kings, ten emperors persecuted Christianity. They burned them at the stake, did so many things. To, I mean, it was not pleasant to become a Christian. By now, most of us would have died. Yes, about one third. You didn't have time for fornication because you'll be, you'll be dying. So now we have time for everything. You know, those times they'll just burn you. Something bad will happen to you. But the power of God was so real, was so powerful. So people still gave their lives to Christ anyway. That was Smyrna, the suffering church. Then the church stopped suffering on a certain day when uh, one of the emperors called Constantine came and then said that Christians, Christians are not bad. I'm a Christian now. He wasn't actually a Christian, but he see, because Christianity was becoming popular, he needed it to do things for himself. So he became a Christian sharp. And he mixed Christianity with his, his idolatry. So that's, it's, called, it's called the, the Pegamos Church, being elevated in marriage. Pegamos is from two words, Pegos, Gamos, elevated in marriage. Okay, so the church married the state. He married the two. That was when the papal system came, the popes, the popery system, and all those things. The Vicar of Christ, the one who is instead of God. I mean, okay. I mean, we don't want to talk about some of those things. It's not profitable, so we'll not talk about it for now. But I want to show you something more about the Pegamos Church. Okay, that has Balamism in, in there. So it's, and unto the church in Pegamos, right? These things yet he which has a sharp sword with two edges. That's he's talking about Jesus. You know, Jesus' mouth. Has a sword with two edges coming out of his mouth, isn't it? Okay. He says, and to the angel of the church in Pegasus, right? These things here, he which has a sharp sword with two edges. Next verse. I know thy works. Maybe one day I'll teach about these things. I know thy works and where thou dwellest, even where Satan's seat is. In the church, see, Satan's seat is where you are. Yet thou holdest fast my name and has not denied my faith, even in those days wherein Antipas. Antipas means against the world. Okay. Anti-pass. Anti means against and passes world. It says, Anti-pass was my faithful matter who was slain among you where Satan dwelleth. The Pegamos church is the place where Satan dwelleth. Mm-hmm. It's the place where Satan dwelleth. But I have a few things against you because you, hold, you have, it says, thou hast there them that hold the doctrine of Balaam. It's called the doctrine of Balaam. Who taught Balak to cast a stumbling block before the children of Israel? This is what Balaam did. He taught Balak. Balak was a king of Midian. He taught him to cast a stumbling block before the children of Israel to each thing sacrifice unto idols and to commit fornication. This is what Balaam taught. Balaam, the prophet of God, taught Balak to do this to the children of God. Look at the next verse. So has thou also them that hold the doctrine of the Nicolaitans? Which thing I hate? So two things. The doctrine of Balaam and then the doctrine of the Nicolaitans. What's the doctrine of the Nicolaitans? If you read in, in Ephesus, concerning Ephesus, the Nicolaitanism was just a deed. It was just a deed in the Church of the Ephesians. But by the time it got to Pergamos, it had become a doctrine, something that was being taught in the church. What is Nicolaitanism? Nicolaitanism is from two words. Nikos laus. It means to be exalted above the common people, or to be exalted above the laity, to bring the laity and differentiate them with the clergy, to segregate the, the church, have pastors here, and have the church here. Do you get it? As though there are some portions of the Bible that have only, are only for pastors, and there are some portions of the Bible that are for the congregation. 
That's how it starts. And that's what the doctrine of Nicolaitanism has to do with. Normally, we are taught that nobody is supposed to prophesy. The, the pastor is the one who is the one who is supposed to prophesy. He's the one who is supposed to read the Bible. Even in some churches, they don't allow you to read the Bible. Do you know? The Bible came out. It was so rampant in those times. The Bible became popular after a certain man called Martin Luther came out of the Roman Catholic Church. The Roman Catholic Church is not a bad thing. I'm not saying the Roman Catholic Church is a bad place. It's a very good place. It's done good things. It's been wonderful. Hallelujah. But they had these own problems like any other group. Okay? So don't criticize them. If they were not there, we would not be there. But Nicolaitanism is a teaching that you can go ahead and do your business and do whatever you want to do. Don't have anything to do with the church. We'll pray for you. We'll do everything for you. If you need anything spiritual, we'll do it. We are the ones to do spiritual work. You are supposed to do physical work. Even when you die, they can pay for you to move from hell to heaven. I mean, all kinds of things happen during those times. Pega, pega, uh, pega tree and all those things. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And Jesus says, I hate it. I hate it. It's not supposed to be like that. All of us are called into ministry. Everybody, whether you know it, everybody is called into ministry. The earlier, the better. It's either you are hooked on to Nicolaitanism or you are hooked on to what Jesus wants you to do. And the, the doctrine of Nicolaitanism is what is what the doctrine of Balaam is hinged upon. Do you get it? So now that they, 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 if they are able to succeed to let you know that you are not supposed to do anything spiritual, leave all those things to us. Now they can make merchandise of you. They can charge you for every spiritual thing that you need. So Balaam takes money for his spiritual activities. Yeah. So hinged upon that, Balaam comes. Balaam doesn't come. So he teaches, he, he takes money. There are two ways of raising money in the kingdom of God. One is through letting the people know that they have to give for the kingdom to go on. And the other one is to make merchandise of the people. Because of their belly. They will sell things. You remember Jesus went to the temple and were selling everything that was needed for the sacrifice in the temple. Do you remember? They were, selling, they were not selling bad things. They were selling things that were needed for the sacrifice. They were selling pigeons. They were selling sheep. They were selling all kinds of things for the sacrifice. Changing money because people came from different parts of the world with different money. And they didn't need Jewish money to be able to buy the goods and all that. So it's like you don't have to bring anything. Yes, forest brew in the church. They had forest brews in the church all over. Jesus entered, took whips, enlarged everybody and turned all their tables and said that, get out of this place. The house of God is supposed to be the house of prayer. You have made it the place of merchandise. Are you seeing it? So Jesus hates that. He doesn't want us to be exchanging money. If the prophet is going to do something for you, he has to take money from you first. You are in trouble. That is why he can give you anything. Because you paid for it. So he can tell you this oil at 12.35 a.m. Wake up and pour the oil around your bed. So a lot of Christians are into demonic practices. They are into idolatry. They don't know. Can you imagine that there are prophets who they, you go, you see them, they will say a crunch, a directive. They will give you a sponge that you are supposed to bath with at night and throw that sponge on a refuse dump. Yes. You think it's a joke? Oh, they are all Christians. They, are, they claim they are Christians. They claim they are in the house of God. All kinds of things. People are being given curries. Being given eggs. There are special eggs that you have to throw in the night. Special stones that you have to throw at night to hit your enemies. You are more than David fighting Goliath. Goliath's becker. 
they give it all kinds of names. Yeah, idolatry. Say idolatry. Idolatry. It is in the church. People are doing all kinds of things. All ki- people are blessing. They are blessing cocoa. They are blessing oats. They are blessing shito. They are blessing plenty things. Water. That is why the government has decided to tax the church. Yeah. If, you are, if you are selling those things, you'll be taxed. Because people are even giving medications out in church that are not certified by Food and Drugs Authority. Yes, eye drops. Yes, eye drops. People are giving eye drops. People are giving tablets. People are giving balms. People are giving all kinds of things. Not satisfied by the government. Abefonku. Sharp. I don't know if you are listening to what I am saying. I've not mentioned anybody. Why do you need a certain permit for witches to run away? Why do you need to wake up at 12 30 to pray before the witches respond to you? Witches don't care about their period. They are still we are working all the time. <laughs> yeah, there's a certain special mascara that is sold so that you can see into the one of the spirit. Yeah. Nonsense. If you want to if you want to be prophetically oriented, they teach you that there are some things you need to do. You have to wash your face upwards. And touch your face with some oil, some oil, and then some orange, whatever. I mean, all kinds of foolish things. It is in the church. Balam. <laughs> you man, go say some. <laughs> you pour water in withdraw, withdraw, or is it water? Yes. You have to fetch it to wash your face if you want to see in the spirit. It is nonsense. <laughs> it's not in the Bible anyway. You don't see it anywhere in the scriptures, but it is all over. All over. Idolatry. God hates it. God hates it. Let, let me show you some scriptures. Look at Galatians chapter 4. Galatians chapter 4. Galatians chapter 4, verse 7. Let's read these scriptures quickly. It says, Wherefore thou art no more a servant but a son, and if a son, then an heir of God, through Christ. When you knew not God, you did service unto them which are by nature by nature are no gods. He says you did service to things that are by nature no gods. There are two groups that form Christianity. Okay? Or we all hail from two sides. As either you hail from, you are a Jew. Initially the world was divided into two. Jews and Gentiles. When Christ came, he came to start another generation altogether called children of God, Christians. Okay? So there are three individuals in the world now. Christians, Jews and Gentiles. But Christians are made of people who came from a Jewish background and people who came from a Gentile background. The Jews who are Christians are coming from a background of Judaism, things, laws, touch not, eat not, celebrations, feasts, holy days, and all those things. And those who are from the Gentile background also coming from idolatry. Those are the things that we are... Gamalin 20 is also a God. All those people are the ones that the Gentiles were using to protect themselves and functioning by. We are coming from trees. I mean, if you're a Gentile, if, if you, you, were, you were a Gentile, you were someone who came from... I mean, you know your tribe. You know where you're coming from. Don't you know where you're coming from? Don't you know that your house, there's something that protects your house? You don't know? Do you know that they give, they give money on your behalf? They give money on your behalf. Your name is inside. But by virtue of our new birth in Christ, we have been taken away from those things. Our family name has changed from what we have to Christ. You don't need to put it on you physically for you to know that your name has changed to Christ. You don't need that. You can still have your surname, and it's still powerful. Most of our surnames are all kinds of things. Wutochi, whatever. Like your name means a certain God, something. What does your surname mean? 
death separates clan. Death separates clan. Kumalo. Death separates clan. Death brings love. Mine is nice. That's why I didn't change it. Hallelujah. <laughs> if you're too wicked, you have to change it. Yeah. You get it. If it's too wicked, like very wild, you you came to eat guns. Then <laughs> a those things you have to think about it talk to god and then see if you give you a brainer brainer you will suffer before you gain and that's every name what the name you respond to is the name that was what you become what you respond to is what you become it's a confession Amotibuating. what it means is that the head the head of the serpent yes and serpent is, happens to be a good thing in the bible it means wise wisdom and hence that's why i kept it i may have changed it yes Yes, you, or you give meaning, find a new meaning for it. Yeah. Do you understand? The death of separated us from the world. The death of Christ separated us from the world. Yes. So, Kumalo, death of Christ separated us from the world. Sharp. You can keep it. Everybody wants to travel into Christianity with their things. So, the Jews want to come into Christianity with their things. So, there are some people in that church who are into celebrating Passover, Hanukkah, Rosh Hashanah. They will be wearing. Delete. Do you know delete? Yeah. Some priestly garments be with uh, uh, whatever phylacteries on the bo- on the border. Yeah. You can't pray without it. You can't shit without. It. You can't do a lot of things without it. Like wherever you go, you have to carry that delete. Cover yourself and do some things. Do some things before even anointing oil has to come from Israel. They have to get anointing oil from Israel. If you don't have Israel anointing oil, you can't do something. I, it's, it's all idolatry, please. Water from Jordan. Communion wine has to come from Israel, brother. Vanity and vanity, all are vanity. A waste of resources and a waste of mind. A waste of time and a waste of what God wants you to do. That's what all these things represent. Yeah. How many times do you see Jesus using things? The word of God is enough. It's enough. We can go to Israel and see where all those things, where Jesus died and all those. It's nothing wrong. It's nothing wrong. But when you're coming, don't bring everything. You come with everything. Israel in a bag. It's like now, and they make it look as though if you are not along those lines, if you are not learning Hebrew or you are not learning, you are not, you are not really correct. If you are not reading the Bible in the Hebrew tongue, you have not read the Bible yet. You've not encountered God yet. It's nonsense. Utter nonsense. And it's all over the place. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. So that side is there. And then, but all those people, are, all, all that you are spoken of, Jesus hates it. Isn't it? I, I wonder why they are still doing it. It's in the Bible. Cray. It's cray in the Bible. Cray. Cray. How be then, when you knew not God, you did service unto them which were by nature and no God. So this is to the Gentiles. Next verse. But now, after that, you have known God, or rather, known of God. How turn you again, again to the weak and beggarly element? Whereunto you desire again to be in bondage? They call them weak and beggarly elements. There's nothing in them. There's nothing in them. It is, your salvation is not in a certain oil. It's not in a certain handband or a certain sticker. Oh. Hallelujah. <laughs> Someone said, "When I put your sticker on my gas cylinder, it has never gotten finished." Hallelujah. I mean, it's waste. I mean, you, you, you see, if it becomes a doctrine, then there's a problem. 
Some people have been blessed, genuinely and honestly. But it shouldn't become a doctrinal stuff from the pulpit. A culture in the church. Where everybody, people are worshipping stickers. If they are moving and the sticker is not with them, fear enters their heart. It's like they are going to get an accident. And you will get an accident. Yeah. You don't need, what, what happened to the Holy Spirit? What happened to the Holy Spirit? This is an attempt to exchange the Holy Spirit's function and his abilities in us for external things. God hates them. Idolatry is the first commandment. Thou shalt worship no other God apart from me. It's the first commandment that Israel broke. And it's the first commandment of God. God hates it. For you to exchange him for things. Physical things. Look at the next verse. You observe this. And months and times and years. Special, some special days. Watches. All kinds of foolishness. That are not really. He says, I'm afraid of process. I'm afraid of you. Lest I've bestowed upon you labor in vain. I'm afraid of you. What happened to the grace of God that we taught you? In the spirit of God that we taught you. Paul, Paul said, There's the one who worked miracles and all those. Do it by the works of right or the works of the law or by the hearing of faith. It's by the hearing of faith, not by doing things, not by combining things. It's like if you want a certain miracle to happen, you must combine the sticker with the oil with a naphtali bomb. Then explosion can happen. Nonsense. Tell anybody it's nonsense. And all of them are for sale. The sticker is for sale. The sticker is 200 Ghana cities. The oil is 500 Ghana cities. The calendar is also for 300 Ghana cities. There are so many. You, let me not read those ones. Colossians chapter 2 from verse 1 to 8. And then from verse 13 to 23. Let's read from verse 13 to 23. I think it will help us. Colossians 2, 13 to 23. And you being dead in your sins and your in the circumcision of, of your flesh, has he made alive or quickened together with him? Having forgiven you all trespasses. Hallelujah. Say, I'm forgiven. For all my trespasses. Then it says, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. That's what Jesus did. Because Jesus has done these things, there's no need for any physical thing again. And having spoiled principalities and powers, he, he spoiled them. The, the Amplified says he disarmed them. Having disarmed principalities and powers and beating them, God disarmed them, the principalities and powers that were arranged against us and made a bold display and public example of them in triumphing over them in him and in it. That is the cross. This is what Jesus has done. It has happened. No principality, no power, no demon can overcome you. It's not possible. They try, but they can't. They know it. Everybody knows. It's only Christians who don't know. Even the demons are aware. They are aware. When you say in the name... Yesterday I was being told about someone who, rose, who brought someone back from the dead. Through simple teaching. His pastor told him that... His pastor was preaching. Last two weeks, the pastor was preaching and said that. Listen, when you face a problem and you are, it's like you are now speaking in tongues, it's a sign of unbelief. The problem has come already. You are not come to spark yourself. The pastor said, stop doing that. It's a sign of unbelief. Just declare something in the name of Jesus and go, go your way. That's what the pastor said. He said, cast it out. The says, you shall cast out devils and they shall hear you. Isn't it? Yeah. Cast out devils. That's what you should do. When the problem comes, don't, don't start sparking yourself. Cast out the devil. So this guy was there and then he had a call that his cousin had passed on. Then he said, no, no, no. He, he shouldn't pass on. Put the phone on his chest. So he just, the guy has not been in the church for a long time. Just maybe six months. But he has been taught. He took, put the phone on his chest. He put the, they put the phone on his chest. Then he started speaking to us. Then he remembered his pastor's voice. 
unbelief. This is unbelief. Just tell the dead to go out. So he said, I command you dead to go out. Arise. Rise up now. He said it once. Nothing happened. He said it again. Rise up now. In the name of Jesus. The person started coughing. (laughs) And came back to life. No oil. No tillage. No trumpets. Uh, no chauffeur, no, no naphtali bulb, no salt, no cream, no anointed water, no lipstick, no what? No apple, nothing. Arise! Daughter, I see unto you. And that's what Jesus did. That's what, that is what is in the Bible. When Peter got to Tabitha, Tabitha Kumi, rise up! She rose up. Jesus said to the girl, daughter, rise up! She rose up. Lazarus, come forth. He came forth. No need to stress yourself over unnecessary things. That's a simple, pure faith. Not combining things like, okay, so now we have to cook something. Let's bring cabbage. People are blessing cabbage and lettuce as well. Oh, you don't know. They boil cabbage and lettuce and boil cook at the same time. They boil it with cook. You there, you don't know. You are God that saved you. You don't know. God has saved you, Papa. You are, you are so simple in the Lord. People are boiling things. Declaring things, putting people put salt in their shoe. Oh, brothers and sisters, idolatry. They are mentioning Jesus' name, but it's idolatry. He's not inside. He hates it with all of his heart. That is Balaamism. God disarmed them. He has disarmed them. Principalities and powers. Yeah, he has. Look at the next verse, King James. Because he has done that, he says, "Let no man judge you in meat." Now people say that you can't eat snail, you can't eat crab, you can't eat pork, you can't eat message. Let's read. Let's read message. They say we should read message. Let's read message. So don't put up with anyone pressuring you in details of diet, worship services, or holy days. It's like only Sunday. So you you know that Sunday is for God. So only Sunday you'll be in church. But when it is midweek, that lie, Allah, you will not come. You will say Allah. I will not come. Friday. Friday. It's not part. All night, day. All night is out. Is that? All that happened over the weekend, you are not part. Holy days. Rosh Hashanah. Passover. If you are not celebrating it, you are not a true child of God. Nonsense. Say nonsense. Nonsense. He says, we should not, don't let anybody pressure you in the details of diet, worship services, or holy days. Next verse. All those things are mere shadows cast before what was to come. The substance is Christ. And we have Christ now. So what is your problem? When Jesus was living the earth, when he was ascending into heaven, he didn't say, and these things you would need as I go away. Cabbage, carrot, lettuce, salt. What? Plantain and cassava. Cocoa. The mud of the saliva, you need it. It's like, if you... You know, Jesus spat on, on the ground and used the, the map to yeah. make eyeballs for somebody yeah. to see. Kakebikai or Israel. I'll see a couple of father. Some is in Israel. I have to bring it. I mean, all kinds of nonsense. <laughs> idolatry. Say idolatry. idolatry. God hates it. It is because of that they couldn't arrive in the land of promise. They couldn't arrive. Because of that, they couldn't arrive. Your two classes, those who are using their talents to fool around and do all kinds of things, beautifying themselves, self, always exalting self, doing, they are always exalting things that they like. They don't care about God anymore. 
Yeah, and they are the ones who are got, they, they get them on that side of Balaamism. They will get you. One day you will see that it's like you need God. And you'll be looking for, on, the, on TV. Hey, who, who can I contact? Who can I contact? Because you never developed your relationship with the Holy Spirit. So you don't know how to stand and declare. Somebody tell you that there is a man somewhere and he's very hot. It's a very serious thing. I mean, one lady went to a certain pastor. This, this, right on TV. Went to a certain prophet. They are on TV. And she said that she needs a child. She's 35. She needs a child. The prophet said, hey, the thing is funny in, in, in tree. I don't know how to say it in English. So, should I say it in English? In tree, then I'll translate. Hey, Yes, and that's what that's exactly what he's going to do. Right in front of the church, everybody's everybody's so excited. Oh prophet. Oh nonsense. Translation. May the Lord be with you. Said I'm coming to impregnate you. I'm coming to I'll put a child inside your stomach. I'm coming to impregnate you right now. So see me after church. Yeah. And people believe it. You enter those places once, you can't go again. You enter somewhere once, finish. Is it when you're entering an, a, 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 a fetish priest's house? Okay, that's why you shouldn't be going there. No matter what the problem is, even if it is lunacy, God cures lunacy. Those are all demons. Okay, they are all demons. Whatever it is, demons. You cast it out. That's all you do. When you're entering, there's normally a talisman at the entrance. That takes your brain. All the information in your system. It's called familiar spirit. The familiar spirit that works with you. Familiar spirit is the spirit that is around. That knows your ins and outs. Okay? So there are a lot of men of God who minister as familiar spirits. The familiar spirit, when, they, when you come to church, the familiar spirit comes to them. And then they give them information concerning you. So they can tell you things. Do you think it's only prophets who can prophesy concerning where you've been and what has happened to you? Ah, what are you talking about? No, it's, it's something in the, in, the, in the realm, in the spiritual realm. It's something like, it's, it's, even in the Bible, plenty, I've showed you plenty times. Yeah, they can just call you and tell you, oh, I see this, I see that, I see this. It's, I see is not enough. Oh. I see, I can see in the spirit. It's not enough. It's not enough. If I can't refer you to the scriptures, if the solution is not in the Bible, the solution is not the word of God, you are, you are somewhere else. You are in a place of idolatry, and God will be very angry with you with, with time. There are a shadow of things to come, but the body is of Christ. Next verse. Look at the next verse. Let no man beguile you. Hmm? Let no man what? Beguile you. Every
everything has been done. So then don't let anyone be the word be godless. Uh-huh. This is correct. Let no one defraud you. Defraud. What does it mean to defraud? To take money from you. Don't let anybody take money from you for no reason. Because of a certain problem you are carrying. In fact, you have called it your problem, so it's your problem. You have customized it. Let no one defraud you by acting as a referee. Umpire is referee. By acting as an, an, a referee and declaring. So he stands between you and God. And declares you unqualified. Declaring you unworthy, disqualified, disqualifying you for the prize. And insisting on self-abasement and worship of angels. So some people are into giving names of angels. Yeah. Ramael, Fafael, Rabael. Someone will say, uh, these are the angels I'm ministering with today. Gumael and Vabael. <laughs> now, Gumael, this is what Gumael, and they are, doing, they are doing things with saints, with, you know, saints, uh, uh, genies. Do you know they are genies? Genies exist. They are genies. They exist. Yes. White spirits and black spirits, which are not from God. We, we have the Holy Spirit of God who is higher than all these things. No need to engage yourself in all foolishness. He says, insisting on self abuse and worship of angels, taking his stand on visions he claims he has seen. Vainly puffed up by his sensuous notions and inflated by his own spiritual thoughts and fleshly conceit. Next verse. And not holding the head. That's what they do. They don't hold the head. From which all the body by joints and bands having nourishment ministered and knit together, increased with the increase of God. Who is the head? The head is Christ. They don't hold Christ. Nothing that they do points you to Jesus. Nothing. It either it points you to themselves or it points you to a certain demon somewhere. There are a lot of Christians who have demons following them. They took those demons from certain churches. Yeah. Let's go somewhere. Never respond to that thing. It's like your church is not powerful enough. Yeah. Some people in Pentecost, a lot of people in Pentecost do that. They are sitting in church of a powerful place. They are there on Sunday. Monday, they are in a certain prophet's place. Semi bompires is here. Chalaya, chalaya, chalaya. And it's not just in Paibo. Right now, they say that OEM Paibo are sorry, Nebego. So they, they don't do in Paibo anymore. You there, you don't know. I've worked with some people. I've, I've seen. They, I had some living in my house. You should see the things they do. Yeah. They will tell you that, oh, this is here, Right now, they work. If you do in Paibo, if you do prayer, prayer, people will not come. You have to be doing prophetic directions. I'm telling you, these are discussions that I've had certain people have. Yes. Idolatry. God hates it. Say God hates it. Say it again. God hates it. And so don't enter into places where they'll give you a certain necklace to protect you. That is what will kill you. The day you don't have it on, if you bath, you were you in a hurry, you bath. When you got into the car, VIP bus, and you checked, you were going to use it to pray. When you took, did this, the thing was not a year, right? They may, you just die on the road. <laughs> because of you, an accident to happen. Yes. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 7. Neither be idolaters, as were some of them. Don't be what? Idolaters. Little children. First hmm? John chapter 5, verse 21. What does it say? Little children, keep yourselves from idols. 
Little children, keep yourself. So you must keep yourself from idols. When you realize that, hey, they are giving you an oil to smell by your VJJs. Yes. For something to happen. Like for, for you to be attracted, for the man who is supposed to come to be attracted. Do you know that there was a prophet standing on TV? Boldly? This is like seven years ago or eight years ago. For girls and for boys. He had anointing oil for boys and for girls. Like if you smell it on your face, whoever it is you want to, like, like you, are, you can get. Yes. His church has grown over the period. He's one of the biggest prophets now. His church has grown over the period. Yes. There was a prophet who was calling dead people. If your family has, someone has died and you want to know who killed him, just see him. You go to the, the cemetery and call the, the whatever, the spirits. And enter somebody. The spirit will enter somebody. Best of start up. These, these are things that has happened in this country. They, life, and they are still happening. And people are dead. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. Keep yourselves from what? From idols. You have to be very careful. This is not supposed to be like this. You just pray. You, you need to know the word of God for yourself. And pray your prayer. It will happen. Whatever needs to happen. It's called faith. Your faith needs to be built up. But that's, the Bible says our faith is more precious than gold. That's the most important thing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Next verse. Verse 8. Neither let us what? Commit fornication. As some of them committed and fell in one day. Three and twenty thousand. Neither let us commit fornication. So there are different categories. Evil, uh, evil lusts. Idolatry. All these are a lack, lack of fear the Lord produces these things. Evil lusts, idolatry, fornication. Then tempting Christ, memory. There are seven of them. All of them are there. I'm just, this is number three. Let us, neither let us commit fornication, some of them committed and fell in one day, three and twenty thousand. Let's look at Numbers chapter 25 and see what happened to them. Okay? Numbers chapter 25. So Balaam, when Balaam took the money and tried to curse Israel, he tried. He, he tried three or four times to curse Israel. It didn't work. He always stood and blessed Israel. Whenever he wants to curse, he says, and that's what happens to us, as children of God. You cannot be cursed. You cannot be cursed. No, they, they gave him money to curse. When he stood, he said, I have not seen iniquity in Israel. Let's look at it. It's so nice. It's my favorite portion of the Bible. Let's read. Numbers chapter 23. There are so many. He tries so many times to curse. And all the times he spoke something good. Numbers 23. Let's read... Um, from verse 7. This is Balaam talking. Read it to me. One to go. Whom God has not cursed. If God has not cursed you, nobody can curse you. And we are the blessed of God. Nobody can curse you. Say nobody can curse me. You can, I can give you my picture. You can take it to any juju man around. Any juju man. Because of this revelation. Any juju man. No matter what I have done wrong. You can't curse me. I'm not available for curse. No, I'm not available. You can't kill me. If you don't know, you can. It can happen to you. But if you know nothing, nobody can. He says, how, how shall I curse whom God has not cursed? Or how shall I defy whom the Lord has not defied? How? Look at the next. Go, to, go, go down. Let me show you this side. Look, go to verse 18. Same book, same chapter, verse 18. So nice. 
So don't be afraid. If you're a child of God, don't be afraid of anything. You understand? Yes. Don't be afraid of anything. You don't need to have some technical knowledge anyway. You need the knowledge of the scriptures. You know, there's a doctrine of shaking of your skirts. Yes, you don't know. There's a doctrine of shaking of your skirts to put away curse. When they curse, you just do this. And I refuse it. You don't need that. All you need is to, is to know. that It's a consciousness that produces results. Not outward actions. So if you don't know how to shake your skirt, what are you going to do? And if you are not wearing a skirt, what are you going to do? You are wearing jeans. What are, how are you going to shake it? <laughs> so this is Balaam talking to Balak once again. Balak wants Balaam to curse Israel so that he can do what he wants to do. And Balaam took up the, his parable and, and said, Rise up, Balak, and hear, hearken unto me, thou son of Zippor. God is not a man that he should lie. Neither the son of man that he should repent. Has he said and shall he not do it? Or has he spoken and shall he not make it good? Look at the next verse. Behold, I have received commandments to bless. And he has blessed and cannot reverse it. God has blessed and he cannot reverse it. See, I'm blessed. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. I'm blessed. I cannot be cursed. He says, I have received commandment. God is, God is not a man that he should lie. Neither is he the son of man that he should repent. Has he said it and shall he not do it? No, he has said it. He will do it. No, he will do it. I have received commandment to bless and he has blessed. And I cannot reverse it. Next verse. He has not beheld iniquity in Jacob. No, Balak is saying that Balaam cares his evil. Balaam is saying, listen, God who cannot lie says that he has not beheld iniquity. He has not beheld wrong in Jacob. He, has to, he can't see wrong in Jacob. He can't see wrong in Israel. Meanwhile, verses before, just some few chapters from here, this is when all Israel was crying that they don't have flesh to eat. Numbers chapter 11. They don't have flesh to eat. Prior to this, some people had gone to enter hell. God would want to deal with his people, but he would not want an outsider to be the one to deal with his people. He would not want an, when an outsider comes to come and catch the God says, who are you talking about? Are you talking about my child like that? Crazy you, man. It's between me and my son. He says, has he, he has not beheld iniquity. Neither has he seen perverseness in Israel. He has not beheld perverseness in Israel. The Lord his God is with him. And the shout of a king is among them. See, I cannot be cursed. He tried. Tried so many times. It didn't work. It's, so, it's the ni- one of the nicest portions of the Bible. Shout to the kings among them. Look at the next verse. God brought them out of Egypt. He has, he has assets where the strength of, a, of an unicorn. He has a strength of an unicorn. I can't curse him. I can't curse him. Surely there's no enchantment against Jacob. You understand enchantment? There's no magic. There's no curse. There's no juju that can work against Jacob. You can do whatever. Sometimes you, you, stay, you work in offices and then people want your position. So they'll come and pour powder around your chair. Sit, sit on it. Sit on the chair. Laugh. When you see it, the Bible says, He that dwelleth in the heaven shall laugh. When you, see, you are dwelling in heavenly places, power, power, principality, and power. As soon as you see it, start, start laughing. <laughs> and sit on the powder for the powder to rise up in the air. It says, There's no, there's no magic spells. No magic spells can bind Jacob. No incantations can hold back Israel. People will look at Jacob and Israel and say, What a great thing God has done. Yeah, it's God's doing. It's not man's doing. Nobody can curse. 
If you see an egg, you wake up in the morning, you see a circle with an egg inside. Step on the egg. You can fry the egg. Go and fry it and eat it. What can happen? What can happen? Normally, it is the fear that is associated with the knowledge that you have had. That causes things to work. See a born one to one of these. This is is a... See a born. Yes, he went to Benin. Yes. He went to Benin to go and preach. And as he was preaching, all the voodoo, voodoo people, you know Benin? Yeah. The capital city of Benin is Dahomey. Dahomey means the, the belly of the serpent. I mean, in, those, in that place, you don't need a gate in your house. They sleep with their doors open. If you like, come and take something, you see. No, no, you don't survive. Thieves have died returning the thing they stole. As they were returning, they died at the door. Yeah. Like that. And the owner came to take it and push them away. That I going to do? You can't, you can't do anything foolish there. A lot of mad people there. You just go mad right now. Yeah. And he went there to go and preach and win souls to, to God. And all the most powerful juju men that you can think about came. Doing, as he was preaching, they were standing by the pulpit and the stage and were throwing things on the stage. They do, people do things. Then throw something on the thing and then expect something to happen. He would just be preaching and walk on it and be preaching. He didn't even, he didn't even know what to do. He didn't even see them. All of them gave their lives to Christ. All of them. They were sure. They're like, ah, we have done all our, all our magic. Nothing has happened. What we have is too high. But you see, God is so simple. You see how Jesus came? How do you think God should have entered this earth when he was coming? But God is not like that. Jesus is very simple. Very, very simple. God became a baby and was chased by Herod. Changing diapers. Changing diapers. You know? I mean, God is, God is very simple. So God in us is very simple. We don't look like we are powerful. So when Balaam could not curse Israel, he devised a means of getting Israel to sin against God so that Balak can do what he wants to do. So he taught Balak to bring women into their camp. The borders of their camp. So as they were in their camp, they want to be there. <laughs> Every shape, size, every type, with different vital statistics. Show me your. Show me your kotoji. Someone, someone moving like this. Show me, showing your kotoji. So in chapter twenty-five, go to chapter twenty-five of verse one. You see the story there. And Israel abode in Shittim. They were very close to them, and the people began to commit whoredom with the daughters of Moab. You know whoredom. Let's read the other versions. Verse 1. While Israel was come at Shittim Acacia Grove, the men began to have sex with the Moabite women. That was the beginning of their problem. Israel settled down. And it always happens when you settle down. You are too comfortable. Israel settled down and remained. Because we were supposed to be traveling. They settled down and remained in Shittim. And the people began to play the harlot with the daughters of Moab. Messing up. Sex is nothing. In our generation, sex is nothing. Sex is like ice water. It's like pure water. It's a way of saying goodbye. It's nothing. It's the cheapest commodity in our time. It's easier to have sex than to say I love you. It's like saying I love you is very difficult. But having sex is nothing. Oh, it's just, oh. That's why I say, oh, oh. In our time. 
it is very serious. Kim Kardashian has not helped us. Yeah. Lady Gaga and all those, they've not helped us. Sex is strong. It's in the air. It's the vomit of the prince of the power of the air. Hey, it is not a joko. And they called the people onto the sacrifices of their gods. So as the fornication was happening and all that, idolatry could just flow. Yes. So that they can be cursed. And then God would deal with them. Look at the next verse. And Israel joined himself unto Baal. Baal Baal is, you know Baal. It's a God. Very famous God that worried Israel for a very long time. Baal. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel. That's what Balaam wanted. Kindled against Israel. Next verse. And the Lord said unto Moses, take all the heads of the people and hang them. Isn't it? Take all the heads, all the leaders, and hang all of them before the Lord against the sun. These are about a thousand of them died. That the fierce anger of the Lord may be turned away from Israel. Because Israel was in, there was a plague that was killing Israel by en masse. People were just dying. So God said to cure that, hang all the leaders. The leaders who didn't prompt the people. I don't want to be hanged, that's what I'm telling you. Hang all of them. He hung them in the, for the sun to be a witness. And Moses said unto the judges of Israel, Slay ye everyone, his men, that were joined unto Baal And behold, one of the children of Israel came and brought unto his brethren a Midianitish woman in the sight of Moses. I mean, it was so wild that everybody was just, was, everybody was just doing things. Like he said in 1 Corinthians chapter 5. He said, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 5 as one. The fornication is not even that it is even hidden. It is so open. Everybody is happy about it. It was so happy about it that whilst Moses was judging Israel and saying they should hang people, someone had just brought his, his new girlfriend and were enjoying themselves in a, in, a, in a tent close to Moses. As Moses was, hang everybody. He had, the bed was shaking. Hang on. Who, who is that? What is that? What is that? They are playing tennis ball in their place. Moses said, hey, what is happening? Go, go, first Corinthians 5 1, and then we'll come back. It says, It is reported commonly that there is fornication among you, and such as is not as much as named among the Gentiles that one should have his father's wife. The Corinthian church was famous for fornication, everybody was doing whatever he wanted to do. Sex all over the place. It's nothing. When someone says, Praise the Lord, and you respond, Hallelujah, it's finished, you're in trouble. It was terrible. And that was also what was happening in Israel's time. So go back to Numbers chapter 25. And behold, all the children of Israel came and brought unto his brethren a Midianitish woman in the sight of Moses and in the sight of all the congregation of the children of Israel who were weeping before the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. Next verse. And when Phinehas, the son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron, the priest, saw it, he rose up from among the congregation and took a javelin in his hand. And he went after the man of Israel into the tent. So the thing was happening in the tent. He went into the tent and he trust. Both of them, the guy was lying on the lady. He put a spear through the guy and it went through the woman and killed both of them at once. And God was happy. That was what stopped the plague. The man of Israel and the woman threw her, threw her belly. So the plague was stayed from the children of Israel. That was how the plague ended. You must, you must kill it. Wow. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And those that died in the plague were 24,000. 24,000 people were denied. The land of Canaan because of funny. 24,000 of them had gotten themselves involved. In a short pace. 24, a lot of people. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You have to understand what fornication is. 
you see, there are plenty of sins. But if you notice, like fornication is mentioned, pa. Have you realized? And that is what we even like. We also like it, pa. It's not just like it's really a weak point. But God also talks about it, pa. Why? I want to show it to you in the Bible. So that you'll be very careful. Go to 1 Corinthians 6, verse 13. Thank you. Meat for the belly. Or food for the belly. And the belly for food. But God shall destroy both it and them. What is he talking about? Now, the body is not for fornication, but for the Lord. So he's talking about your body and how it is for the Lord. He says, the body is not now, the body is not for fornication, but for the Lord. And the Lord for the body. The body you have is for the Lord. And the Lord for the body. Next verse, verse 14. And God has both raised the Lord. And will also raise up us by his own power. What he's saying is that, let's read Amplify. Go to from verse 13, Amplify. So we have simple English. Okay, maybe message. You can check if message says something nice. Food is intended for the stomach and the stomach for food, but God will finally end the functions of both and bring them to nothing. The body is not intended for sexual immorality, but it is intended for the Lord. And the Lord is intended for the body to save, sanctify, and raise it again. Have you seen it? The body is for the Lord. To save it, sanctify it, and raise it again. So your body is for to be raised on that day. It's called the hope of the church. Okay? In Philippians chapter 3, verse 20, it says that for our citizenship is in heaven, from whence we look and wait for the salvation of our Lord, who shall save our vile bodies. For our conversation is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. What is he coming to save? Who shall change our vile body? He shall change this vile. It's called vile body. It's called a body, the body of infirmity. Vile body that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body. So there's a time coming when this body of yours, this same body of yours is what you use in heaven, but in a glorified way, changed. But the foundation for that glorified body is this body. So you need this body. If you destroy this body, you are destroying your glorious body. Do you understand? Now, what, what destroys the body? What destroys the body is fornication. Bible says that the one who defiles the body, the temple of God, God will also defile him. And the word defile is destroy. Okay? Who shall change our vile bodies that it might be fashioned unto his glorious body? According to the working where he is able to even subdue all things unto himself. So he will change this our vile body. And the foundation is this body, this one. Go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. It's serious business. So, Atupabobi or Hainisobu. A certain prophet on Facebook. I said, Atupe Bobi do be come on Sunday. Atupe Bobi do be come on Sunday. He says, listen, listen, let's read the Amplified. I think the Amplified is telling us in a nicer way. And God both raised the Lord to life and will also raise us up by his body, by his power. You see, Jesus' body that he walked here on it is the same body he's carrying now. You know? The... the Nails, the scars are still there. But that body that he has now doesn't need to come through doors or windows. It can disappear and appear. You get it? Same body. So this our body too is also going to be changed. First Corinthians 15 verse 52. Look at First Corinthians 15 verse 52 before we continue. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, 
at the sound of the last trump. For a trumpet will sound and the dead in Christ will be raised imperishable. Those who are dead. Everybody who is dead is in the soil somewhere. Their body particles are in the soil somewhere. It's not going anywhere. You know the body goes back to the soil. So it's part of the soil. And that body in the soil will be raised. And it will come back again. But as a glorious body. says, in the moment in the twinkling of an eye, at the sound of the tr- last trumpet call, for a trumpet to sound and the dead in Christ will be raised, imperishable, free and immune from decay. Have you seen it? And we shall be changed or transformed. Next verse. For this perishable part of us, that is this body, must put on the imperishable nature. And this mortal part of us, this nature that is capable of dying, must put on immortality, freedom from death. And when this perishable puts on the imperishable and this that was capable of dying, puts on freedom from death. Then shall be fulfilled the scripture that says, death is swallowed up, utterly vanished, vanquished forever in, in and unto glory. Hallelujah. There's a place where it says that, uh, uh, that's First Thessalonians chapter 4, I think. It says that this, our body, they, those of us who are, who are alive and remain shall be transformed, shall be changed. Our body shall be changed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So if you are interested in the coming of Jesus Christ, you will not be interested in fornication. If you are, truly, you will not. It's like God is so interested in our bodies. Because of what it will become in the, in the future, in the life to come. Yes, for your body. Knowing not that your bodies are the members of Christ, is so he continues. Let's read Amplified. Let's read from 14 to 15. And God both raised the Lord to life, and he will also raise us up by his power. Do you not see and know that your bodies are members, bodily parts? Not, he says your bodies, so he didn't say your spirits. Not our spiritual, our bodies are bodily parts of Christ. Your body is a bodily part of Christ, not your spirit. Not your spirit. Oh, I'm lying. My brother not here written there. We are immersed into Christ. Do you not see and know that your bodies? He says, don't you know that your bodies are members, bodily parts of Christ and Messiah? And am I therefore to take the parts of Christ and make them parts of a prostitute? Never, never. So God, Jesus is not interested in having body parts that are part of prostitutes. Why? Look at the next verse. Or do you not know that? Do you not know and realize that when a man joins himself to a prostitute, he becomes one with her. He becomes one body with her. The way a husband and a wife becomes one is through sexual intercourse. When you get married and you have sexual intercourse, it's called consummation. When you consummate, then you become one flesh. You don't become one flesh when we are here blessing the marriage. No. Marriage actually does not occur until consummation has taken place. So marriage in its true form and as acknowledged by law even of this country only happens after consummation. So if we come here and we do, we, we do vows, whatever, exchange of vows and we go and sign and you don't have sex, you are not, you go and sleep, you don't have sex, you, you, have not, you are not married. You are, it's not binding. The following day we can do divorce. And it's the easiest form of divorce in the laws of this country. Because consummation has not happened. What makes you married is the consummation. So when you sleep with somebody, you are married to the person. That is marriage. Now you can imagine the number of people you are married. Your body count is up to 30. Oh, I don't worry, sir. 
Yeah. There are two. It is written shall become one flesh. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Someone has stopped listening to me. The person is thinking, yeah, rabbit. Listen, in the days of ignorance, the Lord winks at you. Didn't know that was why you were doing. I'm telling you now because you didn't know God has forgiven you. This is very important because you didn't know God has forgiven you. And God has severed any tie that exists between you. If it has not been severed, I severe that tie right now in the name of the Lord Jesus. I declare you free. That is why you can be there. You want to change. You want to be for God. But you can be there and it's like there are movements in your abdomen. The one you are married to, one of the people you are married to is having sex somewhere. That's what happens. Hello? That's what happens. The one you are joined to your ex, or sometimes you don't know whether it's your ex. You have five boys, they are all sleeping with you. You don't know which one is which one. They are all sleeping with you. It happens. Oh, it happens. It has happened so many times. Stop saying A. It's like you don't know what I'm talking about. Go away. <laughs> one of them can be having sex somewhere with somebody else. And you feel it because you are one flesh. So you are pushing that you don't want to do something wrong. But you'll be there. A strong edge for sex comes. That seems not to live until you have satisfied it. Yes, uh, okay, yes, it's true. <laughs> because as a linkage, you are joined. I severe every flesh body that is joined to you right now in Jesus' name. You are free from no twin, no twin feelings in Jesus' name. <laughs> the two as he has written, is written, shall become what? One flesh. Next verse, verse 17. But the person who is united to the Lord is what becomes one spirit with him. Next verse, verse 18. Then it says, shun immorality. And shun it. The King James says, flee. Flee. It means, it's so dangerous that you have to run and fly at the same time. Run, fly. Flee. Fornication. Then it says, every, it's so specific. So specific. That's why it's singled out. Because of what it does to the body. That will be resurrected on that day. Flee fornication. Let's go back to Amplify. Shun immorality and all sexual looseness. Sexual looseness. You are not the only person who has movement. What's wrong with you? Why do you think that you are the only one? Ask anybody. Do you have feelings? Do you have feelings? Some people are afraid of their neighbors. They are not asking. You're afraid of your neighbor. You're afraid that your neighbor... Ask your neighbor. Ask her. Ask her. Do you have feelings? Do you have feelings? Do you have feelings? You have dangerous feelings. Ah. Oh. Feelings. You think you are the only one who has feelings. Everybody. The Bible says even Jesus had feelings. Haven't you read it? I've read it with you before. Yeah. Hebrews chapter 4, yeah. verse 13. Let's read, let's read Hebrews chapter 4, verse 13. Amplified. Go, go to 15. 
For we do not have an high priest who is unable to understand and sympathize and have a shared feeling with our weaknesses and infirmities and liability to the source of temptation. But one who has been tempted in every respect as we are, yet without sin. He says he feelings. He has feelings. He had feelings. Atinka. Atinka coffee gin. Atinka. There's another one that mentions his feelings. Uh, there's another one. Go to King James of this one. Hebrews 4.15. For we have not an high priest who cannot be touched with the feeling. Uh-huh. Is this one. He cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. But was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. He was tempted with feelings. He had feelings. You think you don't know who has seen big buttons? Oh. You just saw some. Your pastors have seen some. We are all seeing some. Everybody is tempted. We are all tempted. Everybody. We have feelings. Yes. But because of something, indeed, because of what we know, we will not fulfill it. First Corinthians 6. Shun immorality and all sexual looseness. Flee from impurity in thought, word, or deed. And that's where it begins from. Thought, word, or deed. Yes, you are thinking sometimes. You have not done it, but you are thinking. What are you wearing? I'm wearing the armor of God. <laughs> then he says, <laughs> the whole armor of God, not even one left up. Any other sin which a man commits, it's on the outside. It's, have you seen it? It's one outside any other. Stealing is outside the body. It doesn't affect the resurrected body. Lying, it doesn't affect the resurrected body. Insulting somebody doesn't affect the resurrected body. Killing somebody doesn't affect. Witchcraft it doesn't affect the resurrected body. But this one, any other sin which a man commits is one outside the body. But he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. What body? The body that is going to be part of the body of Christ. You are sinning against it. You are spoiling it. Next verse. Do you not know that your body is the temple, the sanctuary of the Holy Spirit who lives within you, whom you have received as a gift from God? You are not your own. You were purchased. You were bought with a price. Purchased with a, with a pressure, with a preciousness and paid for, made his own. So then honor God and bring glory to him in your body. My body, hey, my God, I go give up. Because every other thing, every other thing is outside. It doesn't affect it. But this one, it affects because it makes you one with an halot. And God will not inherit an halot. He doesn't want it. I see it. That is why it is dangerous. And that is why the devil also uses it as a means of getting you. He likes it. That is why it's the number one. It's the number one on the list. You know that? Yeah. Number one. Feelings. Because he knows what it can do to you. It can maim you. Yeah. But Balaam knew. You can't read your Bible. It affects you. It plunges you into idolatry straight like that. You can't pray. You can't do a lot of you can't do a lot of things. Your spirituality is destroyed completely. If you condemn, if you like you can't even come back to God. A lot of a lot of things. You are you know what it has done to you before. Don't you know? Already we know. I want us to receive grace. To help us to keep ourselves for God. What do you think? Yes. So we can we can cement some things and tie some things. So I want you to receive ropes right now from the Lord. 
and receive iron rods and cement to be able to steal something. Lies arise up in your feet and just thank God, pray to God that He will give you strength, give you grace to be able to go the way God wants you to go without any problem. God bless you for listening. Keep listening to the word as Christ is made the center of your world. For prayer and counseling, call 024-563-8314 or send an email to info at christworldinc.com. God bless you.